The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. CSPN and the WrestleCast present to you Cast of Strong Style. Hello and welcome to Cast of Strong Style. I'm your host, Dom DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Anwar Starwin. What's going on, Anwar? What's up, Don? What's up, listeners at home? Hope you enjoyed your holiday weekend and are doing fine. And you were good people and got nice things from Santa Claus. Uh, yes, we'd like to wish everyone a happy new year as we are embarking on 2019. So this is a podcast to try to help you guys get into Wrestle Kingdom 13, which is going to be happening on January 4th. So this is going to be our preview episode. But before we get there, we have to tell you about the World Tag League. So, first match we're going to talk about from the World Tag League is a six-man tag between Ishii, Sho and Yo, Rapungi 3K, versus Zack Sabre Jr., Kanemaru, and Desperado. It breaks down. Zack Sabre Jr. cuts off Show with kicks and strikes. Zack then attacks the down Ishii, but Ishii headbutts him and avoids the miss to Kanemaru. Rapungi 3K is in and they clear out the ring. Ishii kills Kanemaru with a lariat and the vertical vertical drop brain buster gets the win for Ishii and Rapungi 3K. So again, these matches are all setting up matches that are going to be uh, part of Wrestle Kingdom as Ishii and Zack Sabre Jr. will be going at it for the uh, Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship. And, of course, Rapungi 3K and Kanemaru and Desperado are part of the three-way for the IWGP Junior Tag Team titles. So, um, this was a fun match. I, I like I like these six-man tags. Ishii and, and Zack Sabre Jr. have really good chemistry together. And when they do interact, their spots are usually off the chart. Uh, I know this was a while ago, Anwar, but uh, what do you remember from that match that stood out to you? Man, I can't even remember this match, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a while ago. It's it's a good, just a fun, a fun sprint. You know, Rapungi 3K showing off their skills. I really like those guys. Oh yeah, I love 3K. They're one of my favorite tag teams in the world. Next up, we have Lij in the form of Naito, Bushi, and Shingo Tagagi versus Hangman Page, Takahashi, Yujiro Takahashi, that is, and Chase Owens. Mm-hmm. Owens and Bushi tag in. Owens runs wild and said Naito cuts him off. He slams Bushi onto Naito and covers for a two. We get a running knee strike to Bushi and that gets a two. Shingo then breaks up the package power driver. It breaks down as Lij runs wild. Everyone brawls. Owens counters a Destino, but then he eats into Guri and Naito connects with a second Destino and Lij gets the win. Really interested in Shingo uh, Tagagi and how he's going to, you know, fit in with the Bullet Club. I mean, not Bullet Club, LIJ basically taking over for um, our man, uh, the original. He ain't taking over for no Hiromu. He's not taking over for Hiromu? He's just an addition. No, he's he's a permanent member. Okay. All right. All right. Any update on Hiromu? Man. You hear different stuff. Uncle Dave, people say he might not wrestle again. Other people said, like, Rome, like, yeah, I'm going to be back eventually. So, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. There's a time, no timetable, so, for an injury like that. He's neck, dog, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully, he can come back, man. He's definitely one of my favorite wrestlers uh, this yeah, year, for sure. Yeah. He's definitely one of my favorites overall. <laughs> So next we have Chaos versus the Bullet Club in the form of Okada, Yano, and Kushida versus Jay White, Bad Luck Fale, and Taiji Ishimori. Yano tags in. He removes a turnbuckle pad and attacks Bad Luck Fale. Fale quickly slams Yano to the exposed buckle, and then Ghetto trips up Yano, and the Bullet Club isolate Yano and work him over. 
Kushida makes the save. He and Ishimori battle to the floor. Okada makes the save, and we get a net breaker to Jay White, and Yano counters the grenade into a backslide for a two count. The grenade by Fale to Yano does get the pin and the win, so Bullet Club is successful. After the match, Bullet Club runs wild on Chaos until Makabe makes the save. Rocky Romero, who was on commentary, says the alliance is growing and that time heals all wounds in regards to Makabe. Yeah, I didn't even need anybody to explain that to me because I just knew that Makabe had been beefing with Chaos since their inception. Their inception was designed after a betrayal of Makabe. So for him to come out his way to help his ex-tag team partner and tag team champion in the most violent players... That was big. I knew it was big because, like, they've been beefing for like a decade, man. So, yep. Even if they were beefing for a decade, it's like, from a coffee, it's just like, man, I don't like this. I don't appreciate this. I'm going to stop this. So, that was big. Even the crowd felt that because they knew it. They know the history. So, that's 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 New Japan showing up to long time, like, watchers and people who know the, know the history because. Crowds that don't really know stuff wouldn't have reacted to Makabe helping him. So, yeah, that was big. Right, right. And I'm glad they had Rocky Romero on commentary to kind of, you know, illustrate that to the English speaking crowd who might not know the history as deep as you do. That was important. That was very important, too. Next up, we had Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, David Finley, and Taguchi versus the Elite, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Marty Skrull. The V-Trigger is cut off by a sling blade from Tanahashi. Juice and Finley double-team Marty Skrull. The Young Bucks cut them off, and we get quadruple super kicks onto Gucci. Tanahashi just barely makes the save. Tanahashi and Omega brawl. We get a V-Trigger to Tanahashi, and the Indy Taker finishes off to Gucci, so the Elite get the win. The crowd was not really feeling this match, my, my good sir. Yeah, and I can understand why they weren't feeling it too, because they spent the whole tour with a lot of these wrestlers not on it from the elite, mm-hmm. and to come back, to come back and do that type of comedy based match, that could be like, um, I would probably not be feeling that either. Even though I'm a person that like comedy wrestling, that wasn't probably the spot to do that. So, whatever, elite do what the hell they want to do. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. Will Ospreay versus my man, Taichi. The winner gets a never open weight title match. Taichi counters the Oz Cutter into a backdrop driver. The last rod follows for a two count. Taichi picks up Osprey, but Osprey hits the destroyer for a two count. Taichi then fights off the Stormbreaker, but runs into a Spanish fly. We get a super kick and the Stormbreaker from Will Osprey, and he is victorious over Taichi. I loved laughing at Taichi kicking Osprey in the chest after getting cussed out. That was just a funny. And, like, I'm a person that give Taichi shit because I know he can wrestle when he be bullshitting. And he's, like, last year he had one of the better years. And, yeah, he, he it's a shame that he's not going to be at Wrestle Kingdom because he, he worked hard and deserved to be it. So, yes, me a person who avoided Taichi in his last run in the best of super juniors, avoid all his matches because I couldn't stand his ass. Is here like caping for fucking Tai Chi. He he's he's did a hell of a job. So props to Tai Chi. Hope he like has more consistency and has opportunities in 2019, not just never class, but in the tag division, because him and Zach as a tag team is pretty cool. So props to Tai Chi, and it was great, great to see young Osprey back. Will use his injury within the form of the story, and I mean, it was an awesome, awesome match, man. So, yeah, we've had a revelation here, folks. I finally grinded him down. He's seen the light when it comes to Taichi. I knew it would happen. Oh lord! <laughs> Next up, we have Goto versus Kota Ibushi. This is our never open weight championship match. Goto works a rolling STF. Abushi fights back with strikes, and he counters a German, and then he counters a GTR, and he hits a headbutt. Goto fights off the straight German, the straight jacket German suplex. 
Abushi then hits a knee strike, a headbutt, and the Kamagoye for the win. So Kota Abushi is your new never openweight champion. Will Ospreay comes down, down to the ring. He makes the official challenge. He says that he's been waiting on this dream match for a long time, and he makes the challenge for Wrestle Kingdom 13. And both men agree and shake hands on it. I, I enjoyed this match as well. Um, it's I'm gonna be I'm part of the camp that feels that they should have just had this match without the never title attached to it because it makes like Abushi's first like singles like heavyweight like title reign kind of look. They're just kind of making him a placeholder to like get the title on Young Will. That's how it feels. But I mean. To, to transition Osprey into like as a as a um heavyweight, but as a Bushi fan, I kind of I resent this is the way he gets a title like just to like put another individual over. Come on, man! But I mean, I know this match is going to be awesome. It's it's one of the like matches I'm looking forward to at Wrestle Kingdom, and but I'm sad for Godo because it's like. Goto's one of the best wrestlers in that company, and he had a pretty good year and stepped up in G1, but he's he's not getting anything to show for it versus people who just come in, fly in, and are in just good spots in at Wrestle Kingdom. And I kind of think that's I think that's bullshit. But um, whatever, Goto, you the man. I got love for you. So we the real real people got love for you, Goto. Even though the office is on that BS, but yeah. Well, you know, it wouldn't be this time of year in wrestling without a bunch of politics, man. So yeah, you're right about that shit. <laughs> Next up, we have the finals of the World Tag League, as we have the IWGP Tag Team Champions, the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tangaloa, versus the defending World Tag League Champions. Evil and Sonata. Evil and Sonata give the magic killer to J- to uh, Jado or Jado, whichever one you prefer. And Sonata gets the skull <laughs> and the skull in. And Sonata gets the skull in on Tamatanga. Uh, Tangaloa makes the save, but Evil hits him with everything is evil. Evil and Sonata look for another magic killer and hit it for a two count as Tanga gets out. We get the darkness falls on Tanga and Sonata hits the moon salt for the win. And Evil and Sonata are back-to-back World Tag League Champions. I was happy for Evil and Sonata for their winning. And props to G.O.D. for doing a good job. Didn't love the main event. I felt it might have been too long. But I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, I'm an L.I.J. fan. So, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm just... Why aren't Evil and Sonata in single programs? I'm happy that they like in a position to be on the card. Because nothing is grand, nothing is granted in, in anything in this world. So I'm happy for Evil and Sonata because they've been they've been one of the like pillars in the tag division in the company this past year. So props to them. And now we transition into those two guys that came with. Uh, after the match, Evil and Sonata they talk about going back to back in the World Tag League, and then they make the official challenge for Wrestle Kingdom. That's when the Young Bucks arrive and they put over their 15 years of hard work. The Young Bucks say they beat LIJ to win the tag team titles and are the best tag team in the world. They never got a rematch with Gorillas of Destiny and propose they get the tag team title shot. The Gorillas of Destiny bail without answering, but LIJ is down for the triple threat. So, I know that you're not pleased with how that is going to transpire. I, Young Bucks is one. Let me put this on the record. Young Bucks is one of my favorite tag teams in the history of tag team wrestling. And I'm, I've been watching wrestling for decades, not no one or two, about three decades. Young Bucks are one of the best tag teams ever. Without a shot of doubt, they have definitely worked hard and has earned their positions. But for me, as a person that's watching it and trying to take something serious, when somebody just flies in and just say, hey, we ain't getting no rematch. We in this match now. And and even the commentary team trying to play like, oh, yeah, they never got their rematch. They, they deserve to get in there. It's like, come on, dog. 
this is why the reason people don't even take the like the tag league series because when you do stuff like this, you already did this in a way with freaking like the super juniors, the junior tag team tournament. Come at the end of them, make it a triple threat and another triple threat. Come on, bro. How many triple threats you gonna have on the damn car? <laughs> oh man, but it's like I love Matt and Nick, but it's like. Dog, you ain't the only one who got families and want to stay with their families too. Other people want to be with their families over the holiday, but then yet they still came and, and participated in the tournament. Yes, y'all have the clout to be able to do stuff that other people do, but it's just like, come on, dog. Y'all, this is that privilege shit I don't really rock with, but whatever. Like I said, Lee do what the fuck they want to do. I got love for them, but even if I got love for you, I'll call bullshit on you. Yeah, that's definitely uh, one of the things that Tanahashi and Naito have been bringing up lately is, you know, people not participating in the bulk of the tours and then come back for the big shows and then getting in the prominent spots to advance themselves when you got other people who've been here, you know, for the whole month that been grinding, right, suffering injuries and things like that, that, that don't get nearly as much attention or opportunity to advance their stories and themselves to that next level yeah because that's my point like you can, if, if let's be real like let me just throw some fantasy book and stuff out um you could have did a situation instead of juice going for like the um u.s championship you could have did a situation where juice um and 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 um goto were going into tag teams versus each other have um juice beat goto and then you could have used the commentary team to point out, oh, yeah, yeah, Juice and Goto had this feud over the last couple of years, and and Juice finally got over the hump and beat Goto at G1. So maybe, like, Juice has Goto number. You could have played that in an easy never championship. That would have been an easy another match on the card. Didn't have to put the tag, put that, that never championship in a match versus, like, Bushi and, and Osprey. It's, like... I, I'm not that dude, but I, I, I just if I could just see that, you should be able to see that too. But I got love for the Booker. Booker ain't always right. He ain't had the greatest year, and some of that has to do with the people that he working with probably being difficult. So I ain't gonna kill him too much. Then we'll shift over to they had two Road to Wrestle Kingdom events on the first night. It was main evented by a fantastic tag team match. Will Ospreay and Tanahashi teamed up to go against Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. And, um, yeah, this was nothing less than epic. Um, if it would have been in, like, August, I think people would have been putting this up for a match of the year candidate. But because it happened so late in the year, I don't know how many people really got a chance to see it. But um, they had uh, a highly... It was awesome. That match was awesome. Yeah, they had a, a highly gifable moment where... Um, <laughs> Abushi uh, goes to give uh, Will Ospreay a Hurricane Rana off the top, and Will Ospreay like does a double front flip and lands on his feet. Like, oh my goodness! And then they kind of like have it where Kota Abushi can't believe it, and he's looking all astonished in the foreground. And then they have Will Ospreay looking over his shoulder, like, "Yeah, I just did that shit." In the background, oh man, it's great, great, great storytelling using the camera. And just those two guys' ability. Um, I, I thought this was just phenomenal. This was like 40 minutes, and, and it was really, really good. Did it remind you of, like, the, the last match of, like, I think it was 2013, when it was Nakamura and Okada versus Tanahashi and Naito, and they just had a great fucking match? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that definitely reminded me of that. And that match, like, that that we're the match we're talking about right now that just happened is I believe it's still free on like New Japan World to watch for, for the next couple of days I believe so if you want to jump on that you should probably jump on that because it's a hell of a match if you and maybe maybe you should if you're on the fence about like getting a subscription that might be the, the like match that might push you over the edge but yeah that match was great and another match that was great like from the last road two shows to the dome was on December 14th with Shingo versus Shota Amino. Yeah. 
Yumino is definitely going to be a star someday. Shingo's New Japan, like, um, Shingo's debut was fire. Um, Chaki, Takaji referring to himself as an openweight was interesting. He may make a run at the Never Championship in the future as a possibility as well. So, it, it kind of caught my eye. And another match from, like, the 14th show was Rumpunge 3K and Ishii versus Despi. Kanemaru and Taichi. Yeah, man. Kanemaru and Taichi was just freaking great in that match and, and show was as well. So you should check the, that match out as well. So it's it was some it was some gems at the last two matches, like two um shows of the year. So And then our man, Chris Jericho, shows up on the scene like he always does. He attacked Naito <laughs> after uh LIJ uh beat Suzuki Gun in a six man tag. Um, Jericho's music hits. Everybody, of course, turns and looks at the walkway, and he comes up from behind um, and starts attacking uh, all of Lij. But you know, the main focus is on Naito. Uh, the one thing that stood out to me was uh, Jericho hit. Um, I know he hit Bushi in the head with the chair. He wasn't given no, you know, no concussion thoughts or CTE or anything. It was kind of like. It was kind of weird because, you know, you're so used to seeing people get hit in the back now. It was like, yeah, man, he just hit those dudes in the head. Yeah, that was wild. I was like, what? But uh, I guess, I mean, that goes in him being the crazy Terry Funk version this era thing going on. Jericho's been awesome. I mean, he comes in, he gives us all in his programs, and he bounces. <laughs> but and he's definitely helped New Japan bring in people who would never want, normally watch it, so. Props to like the big time legend. Chris Jericho is, is one of the greatest wrestlers ever. And if you don't believe that, you're just a hater. Stop hating. You're listening to Cast a Strong Style. I'm your host, Don DeLorente. I'm joined by my co-host, Anwar Starwin. And you can find Cast a Strong Style on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Spotify. So now, Anwar, it's time. It's time for us to preview the biggest card of 2019 for New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom 13. We're going to start yes. off with a pre-show. And this year, we're not going to have the uh, the New Japan Rumble, which is basically their version of a, a Legends of Royal Rumble. But this year, we're going to start off with a never open weight six-man tag team championship number one contenders gauntlet match. We don't have any tag teams announced so far, so this will just kind of be a, hey, didn't know they were tagging up together. So this actually be pretty fun to see uh, the combinations that they put together uh, for that particular match. They're like combinations out. You just got to look for it. I, I think I saw some of the teams. Right, right. Well, I, I like to be surprised on some things like this, especially when it's kind of like open like this. It's a gauntlet match. It's just going to be like, okay, who comes out next? So this should be pretty fun. I think it's um I think it's Makabe, um Yano and somebody else. I think maybe Chucky T. I can't remember. It's some weird like mixtures in in in, in that match. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be some crazy combinations. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, just just to see you know who comes out victorious and gets the next title shot. And then we get into the match that you are really excited about. That's the never open weight championship match between Kota Ibushi and Will Ospreay. So those of you who listen to the WrestleCast will be familiar with what we're about to do. We're about to play a little game between me and Anwar of who you got. So Anwar, I want to hear who you think is going to win this match and kind of, you know, why you think they're going to win this match and what you're looking forward to in this match. I think Osprey wins this match as a graduation into like the as a like open weight slash heavyweight wrestler. So I'm going with Osprey to win this match. Okay, I think I'm going to go with Kota Ibushi. I think that this has the uh, possibility to produce a couple of um, you know matches and even main event one of these early uh, January shows uh, as a title rematch. So I'll go with Kota Ibushi at least getting one defense. Of the Never Open Weight Championship. Next up, it's our IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Triple Threat Title Match. 
between L.I.J. in the form of Bushi and Shingo Tagagi versus Rapungi 3K, Shouin Yo versus the champions, El Desperado and Kanemaru. So, Anwar Starwin, who you got? Oh, man. I want 3K to win so bad, but I just feel that they're going to put, they're going to belt up Bushi and, um, and Shingo. So I'm going with L.I.J. on this one. All right. I'm going to go with the champions. I think the champions are going to retain. They've had a, a pretty good run, pretty strong run as the champions. And I think that, you know, we could get, um, you know, some individual matchups um, and not these three ways out of both of these uh, other two teams that could maybe set up a number one contenders match for, you know, a single rematch against the champions. So I'll go with the champions on that one of El Desperado and Kanemaru. Next up, we have the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship match between Ishii, who is the champion, versus Zack Sabre Jr. Anwar, who you got? Ishii and Zack put on a hell of a match because that's what they've been doing the last year, two years, versus each other. This is not another. This is another example of that. Zack wins back his Rev Pro Championship. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think Zach Sabre Jr. has definitely um, been primed in position to, you know, get this championship back. Um, and like you said, ever since they had their uh, tournament match back in Long Beach um, when uh, uh, New Japan first came over to the United States and they had that great match, I mean, they've just been putting it on uh, over and over. So I expect this match to be one of the show stealers for sure. Next up, it's the IWGP Tag Team Heavyweight Championship tri- Triple Threat Match between the champions, the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tangaloa, versus LIJ in the form of Evil and Sonata, your World Tag League Finals champions, versus the Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson. So, Anwar, who you got? Part of me feels that G.O.D. should retain. But another part of me feels that um, even Sonata need to beat the Young Bucks. So, um, I can see a splitting of the situation that they pin um, one or G.O.D., but they still have like a, another match with the Young Bucks in a new beginning or something. So, I'm going to go with Evil and Sonata. I'm going to agree with you there as well. I think that Evil and Sonata have been very strong uh, the second half of this year, heading into the World Tag League, especially after uh, Evil got hurt. Um, he's come back, and he's been in some really high-profile situations, so I think that their strong run continues. We have our IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match that's going to take place between the champion, Cody Rhodes, versus... Juicy Robinson. So this is a rematch from the um, Strong Style Evolved pay-per-view uh, back in the summer where Juice lost the title to Cody. So Anwar, who you got? Hmm. I don't... The, the, their whole contract status creates like you don't know what's going to happen with some of these matches because of it. So... I'm gonna go with Juice reluctantly to 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 win it. I'm I'm going with Juice reluctantly because they need to rebuild him after cooling him so much with the G1 and have taken him the title away from him. I'm gonna go with Cody Rhodes. I think the champion retains, and uh, they they have one more program left with Cody. I think he's gonna get one more title match where he'll drop it to someone there. But I think he's going to beat Juice and can kind of continue Juice's downward spiral so they can tell that story about Juice needing to kind of build himself back up again. Are you going to the New Beginning show in North Carolina? You know what? I don't know what weekend. I saw the date, but I, I had to check my work schedule. And if it's one of the later dates in the month, I got to work. Mm, damn. Yeah, man. It's going to be in Charlotte, not too far from where my buddy stays. So, uh, yeah, I definitely was thinking about it. 
Dang, right back, right there near you too. That's the worst. I know, man. As soon as we finish this, though, I'm gonna look up the date for sure and see if I can maybe work it out. So we have our IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match between the champion Kushida versus Taiji Ishimori. Anwar, who you got? Since 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 like since it seems like. The God, the Ace, the King of the, the Ace of the Division is about to ghost. Got to go with Bone Soldier to win this. Good luck in NXT Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to take uh, Taiji Ishimori, but I think this is going to be a hell of a match. I don't think Kushida is going to just lay down. But um, oh hell no! Nah. I, I really like. Imagine you going to go out gun blazing. Yeah, like I said, I always thought that they could have moved Kushida up into the open heavyweight title mix and he would have done a lot for that title um but yeah i i see i just see taji ishimori getting this one so now we're going to come down to the last three matches the ones that everybody really going to have the most interest in the first one is going to be switchblade jay white versus okada anwar who you got <laughs> I was going to ask you, did you think that they would finally give Jay White his significant win on this significant of a stage? Because remember, it was this uh, point last year where he came back, re-debuted as a Switchblade. Yeah, I'm going with, I'm going with Jay, man. I think he's going to win. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jay White as well. I mean, this has been like a, like a seventh-month story that they've been crafting with him joining Chaos and then infiltrating Chaos and getting all the excuse the pun but chaos internally stirred up and then you know switching over to bullet club and now this is the big payoff so this has been one of the better stories of uh 2018 in new japan and i'm really looking forward to jay white uh you know stepping up in this big situation this biggest match that he's ever been in and uh, we've said it a lot for him this year so um good luck to him semi-main event time the iwgp intercontinental championship match between the champions Chris Jericho versus Naito. So, Anwar, who you got? <laughs> Come on, man. Going with Naito. Gotta, gotta be Naito. Yeah, I'm going with Naito as well. Um, this will be very interesting to see uh, what type of match they have uh, this time, where, you know, last time, due to the circumstances of the other matches, they had more of a brawl than a, you know, technical display of wrestling. So we'll see maybe if this time they switch it up and maybe have more of a straight up, you know, hold for hold wrestling match. But, um, you know, anything's possible with Chris Jericho and, you know, what he'll come up with. So I know it's going to be damn entertaining and uh, somebody's going to bleed. Yeah, more than likely. And it's main event time. It's the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match between the champion, Kenny Omega, and the challenger, the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Anwar Starwin, who you got? I'm going to mess with you a little bit first. What happens when an old an aging wrestler near past his prime was in a tough situation? What did they do? They gave him the bill. What happened in the summer of 1996? Hmm. Are you talking about New Japan or are you talking about? I'm talking about in America. Um, summer of 96. Let's see. Uh, that's when Shawn Michaels lost his mind against Vader in SummerSlam. Um, so WCW, what was going on in 96? Oh, Hollywood Hogan turned. That is that is what some people in Japan have been saying. As, well, they believe is a possibility that Tanahashi turns, joins the Bullet Club, and beats Omega. Yeah. <laughs> I got you good with that one. You 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 messes with you. It messes. It sounds good, don't it? 
the the blinking eye gif. That's what that just was that you heard audibly. <laughs> <laughs> With that, me trying to digest all, all those machinations. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's kind of par for the course, considering you know, uh, AJ showed up and he ousted uh, Finn. Then, you know, AJ gets his run like two years and then Kenny pops up and oust AJ. And now Kenny's at the end of his, you know, two year run. So if you're looking at the tea leaves, then, yes, that possibility definitely fits into the fits into the existence. But, man, I just do not see Tanahashi as a bad guy. I just don't see it. But I never saw Hogan as a bad guy either. And it turned out to be the thing that made me like wrestling again. So that's the trick. That's the trick. That's the trick. But it's, it's it was great, like great, like ideas by some some people from Japan. So I, I got to give them props for that. Right. But uh, I don't think he's turning. I think I think with Jay White established as a leader, that will be kind of weird for him to be a leader, but co-sign with Tanahashi. That's that's weird. So I don't think that's happening, but so with that said, I'm just gonna go I'm gonna go with history and history says that just because you win G one and have the repace and then challenge for it and everything seems like you should win, you don't usually win. So that's the history of the G one winner since the briefcase has been like added as a stipulation. That person usually don't never win at Wrestle Kingdom. So <laughs> I'm going to stick with history and say that Omega retains. I'm going to agree with you on that. I'm going to agree with you that Kenny Omega is going to be the champion again, at least for another week or two, or at least one more month. And then we'll see what happens at the end of the end of the month and everything. But yes, I think Kenny Omega is going to win. And I think this is going to be, a little bit different than the Omega and Okada matches, but still a classic nonetheless. Yeah, I think it's going to be a hell of a match, even with the ideology stuff and the the, the, the weird build because like Omega wasn't around. I think the match is going to be awesome. Um, apparently, uh, it was reported that they had like 150,000 people uh, outside at a viewing of their contract signing uh, on the 31st. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So that's the card for Wrestle Kingdom 13, January 4th, this Friday. I think the card is going to start around 4 a.m., 3.30-ish, so Eastern Standard Time. So for all you people who have Friday off and have the ability to wake up that early and watch the whole event live as it takes place, remember to use the hashtag cast of strong style to you know, share your commentary with color on this year's Wrestle Kingdom event. Now, unfortunately for me, I have to not only work at my full-time job that day, I also have to work at the arena that night. So I will be avoiding all hashtag spoilers and any other content involving New Japan until sometime late on Friday night. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be uh, basically... Uh, uh, Operation Blackout. Uh, I'm not even going to open my Twitter account because I know I'm going to find you, something. You might as well not even go online because sometimes you could just be hitting Google and Google knows the stuff that you like looking at and then boom, you get hit with like a spoiler. So you better you might as well not even come online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you don't hear from me on Friday, that's why I'm just trying to be spoiler free. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to get any pre pre information. Um, but before we wrap up this episode, Anwar, thank you again for joining me as always. Uh, with this being the first day of 2019, we had a new wrestling promotion born today as All Elite Wrestling, the promotion that had been rumored for many months being started by the Elite, um, is finally a real deal now. It is here, it is official, and they have announced that. All In 2 is going to be called Double or Nothing. Uh, They're looking for May as a timetable to hold this event. Um, So these these things are just breaking. So they don't have any. There's no news out yet about TV deals or additional talents or anything like that. It's just that, Mm -hmm. you know, what was rumored 
you know, around Thanksgiving or so about them coming together to, you know, they had all these um, trademarks and, and copyrights that they filed for. Um, so all of that stuff was the truth. So it is now official. They'll be holding a big rally at the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium uh, next Tuesday. Um, so it's a rumored because um, SmackDown is supposed to be in Jacksonville that night that they're going to maybe kind of do what they did um, back at Raw, where they kind of just kind of just maybe not invade, but it like have a gathering of people across the street at a big parking lot or something. So we'll see what comes of that. So people who watch being the elite, um, if you are into that show, they announced it um, on the show that came out early this morning or, you know, I think they supposed to have a press conference or something in Jacksonville on the 8th right. of January. Right, so, right. Yeah, I think the, if you're in the area or close, you probably might want to go to that. Yeah, yeah. So um, their whole thing has changed the world. So um, this will be the first promotion, you know, national promotion. At least they're trying to be national to be ran by the boys, as they say. As they're the you know promoters and proprietors and all that stuff, so we'll see how it works out, man. What type of TV deals they get, what type of talent they can secure, and uh, what type of infrastructure they've got behind the scenes as far as um, you know who's handling the talent relations, who's being the you know quality control type guy. Um, I don't know if you guys listened to the Chris Jericho podcast, but he had Jim Cornette on and. Um, you know, Jim Cornette was basically saying it's great that they're going to try to do this. It's great that they're going to, you know, try to, you know, do something for the boys and, and, and the boys help the boys. But they're going to need some old curmudgeonly guy around to tell them hmm, that's a little too far. <laughs> I think he's right on that. You probably need somebody that could like be a balance between things. And I think that's why we've heard Jim Ross's name because Jim can he did a really strong job when he was in WWE securing talent and helping put him in place. Like some of the bigger stars of the previous generation were like picked out by Jim Ross. So that's why people have said Jim Ross as a name, as a potential person in there. So yeah, that, that would be one of the good names if you can get them. And I guess people who are WWE and ain't locked up as agents, <laughs> ah, shit is about to get really, really fun because people are gonna have better opportunities to make more money and have better control of their lives, and that's how it should be. Not one company just being monopoly on everything and being forced into like, if it, if you ain't working here, you really can't make no real good money, brother, brother. So this might change WWE's whole way that they attract. Um, talent in the next four or five years is this if this really can sustain itself because what's gonna be able the only way the WWE is gonna be able to separate themselves from this type of organization is if they offer like healthcare and they don't want to do that man and they don't because they have to because then they have to make them employees and not independent contractors and it changes up their whole business of everything and how they operate and you know they don't want to do that because that's more money that they got to pay out. And another way that they can get over on, like, or either company can get on with each other, pay your wrestlers' costs for travel and room and board. Not even just cars, but if you do half that, that's another thing. So if 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 WWE or AEW or even ROH want to like separate themselves as a place, a really good place to work. Add those perks in because that's the things when people are looking for jobs, the perks and benefits are everything. Because I I work at somewhere where where like people are leaving because they're getting better opportunities and better benefits in other companies. So you got to be like if you can like give people more perks and benefits and cut down their costs as far as traveling and expenses. Because a lot of people don't realize that wrestlers come out their pocket for room and board. So, and, and, like, that's really messed up. Room and board and um travel, like, yeah, that's why you see a lot of wrestlers travel together and, and like, stay in, the, like, hotel rooms with each other to cut down on costs. So, the, the people that are really flourishing in WWE are the people at the top of the rosters, not the people at the bottom. 
and there's very, very minimal people in the middle. So you're either at the top or at your bottom. And if you're at the bottom, you're still doing good, but you're not doing as great as you think you should be working in the top company in the industry. So, yeah, the perks are benefiting. And I, 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 I wish, I hope they're successful. I want them to be successful because I, this era where it, WWE is like just had so no real competition. And I'm when we say competition, we're not saying um, competition in the fact that someone go directly head to head with them. We're talking about competition that could push them and force them to put better product out there and to take better care of their audience and their people that work for them. This is good for wrestling. If you don't understand that, I don't know what to say to you because you don't really understand consumer situations and workplace you're just really only concerned about like supporting the brand and not caring about the people that work for that brand that try to make it as good as possible right another thing that jim ross was saying is how they could um he i had this idea too but he actually put it in much better perspective is since that the nwa is starting to kind of do their thing again where they're wanting Mm -hmm. to get like a cheering champion back out what you do mm-hmm. is whoever the hottest guy is in the indies, you mm-hmm. give him the NWA championship, right? Mm-hmm. And then what you do is you send them around to ROH, you send them around to AEW, you send them around to Impact, to like their big events. And like they're all, they all have their own champions. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the Impact champion at one big Impact show gets his title gets his shot at the world champion who is the nwa champion and you just kind of go and you just send that guy around the hottest guy so if kenny omega's your hottest guy in the indies he's the nwa champion and he's just going around to roh and 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 just around plus the nwa dates and then that's how you could kind of have a thing where the guy with the most buzz is getting seen by the people with the most passion and you could kind of build up the whole bunch of the companies at one time. And then that could be like a, your competition for WWE. That would be, inter- that'd be interesting, but I think we're getting, getting to an era instead of like collaborating with people. A lot of companies are going to probably just like, these are the people that we work with and you don't work with anybody outside of that. And I think that's more or less because of WWE, what they did recently in like United Kingdom, mm-hmm. yeah, it's gonna it's gonna change like people's contracts and what they can do and where they can go because a lot of like Osprey even joked about it like man who the hell can I wrestle now in England <laughs> right because like half of the English promotions are in with WWE and then they just put in this new edict that nope you can't wrestle none of these people especially mm-hmm. on TV <laughs> it can't be filmed you can't, nobody, you can't wrestle nobody from Rare Pro. Can't wrestle nobody from New Japan. Can't wrestle nobody from Impact. Can't wrestle nobody from MLW. <laughs> you can't wrestle nobody from like Triple A or CMLL. You can't wrestle none of these people. Yeah, if they're not WWE contracted or or agreed upon, affiliated, yeah, affiliated, then you nope. Not, you can't, you can't, nope. You can't wrestle them. They're, they're basically forcing people to have to go work for them. That's effed up, man. <laughs> Well, as we you know wrap this up on this kind of state of wrestling, you know, as you know, I know you know because you mentioned the NXT Japan. Their whole concept is to have all these NXTs in all of these wrestling hotbeds. So the UK was the one that was bubbling up the fastest. So they literally heard about the World of Sports show starting up. Then they went in, did their own UK show, and then what they did was made them stop the World of Sports show basically shut that put that out of business for like six or eight months they eventually did it but it didn't have the same buzz because you know wwe announced the nxt uk they're trying to get one up and running in japan like you said there's probably going to be one in mexico eventually so yeah you're going to have all these little nxt kind of territories and all these different regions like like I, I like other shows i've listened to made the point they're probably going to have to um partner up with somebody in Japan, they can't just come in there with your style and then try to make it flourish <laughs> in Japan because they got their own entire culture, just like Mexico. Just like Mexico. That's, people, that's, that's, why people, that's why people are watching 
that their interactions with Noah because some people feel they mm-hmm. might take over Noah or some shit. And as a person who loves Noah, that scares the hell out of me. <laughs> That's what I was gonna ask you. Who would who you, who you thought would be the candidate for the WWE to come in and, and partner up with? But, it's probably going to be Noah, and that yeah. scares me. I was going to say either Noah or Dragon Gate because uh, those two have. I don't think Dragon Gate going to sign up like WWE because <laughs> nah, that's another person that can't. I don't know. I don't think Neville can wrestle anybody from under contract with them either. So that's another thing. Yeah, yeah. So they're definitely going to be interesting in 2019, the business side of uh, wrestling uh, worldwide, not just in the United States, but. Uh, New Japan as well because you know their contracts are coming up um, after the Tokyo show, the Dome show. So we'll see how you know what players come and go as far as New Japan's business. So very interesting time uh, coming up here in the wrestling business. So at this time, yep. Anwar, I'll turn it over to you, man, for your shout outs and thank yous. Shout out to you for doing a good job. Shout out to everybody else on the other podcasts that do great jobs. I enjoy listening, and you should listen to. You should support the Patreon, support the movement, hit that Amazon link so it can get some kickbacks to help support the show's funding. That's that's a nice things to do to help. And shout out to Moto, and shout out to you. All right, thank you. Uh, you- did my pitchman spot for me. I appreciate that this week. So give a big shout out to Anwar Star- Starwin, the salesman here on CSPN Media. Appreciate that, sir. Give a big shout out to Moto Omega out there in the world. Hope she's doing great. I know she's ready for Wrestle Kingdom and everything that's going to come. Uh, just thank you to everybody who's listened to Cast a Strong Style 2018 going into 2019. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, we haven't been as a uh, uh, regular as we would like to be but we'll definitely make sure that we will always uh, put out a show to keep you guys abreast of what's going on over in new japan Uh, the best wrestling in the world for my estimation it was such a breath of fresh air to get caught back up on it after being consumed with this wwe product that really hasn't been great for the last two months or so so i'm very happy to see that new japan is going to be kicking up full time full gear again uh, starting on january 4th through the month of january and february and uh, we'll definitely be here on Caster Strong Style to keep you updated with all the goings-on uh, in and out of the ring as far as New Japan and the indie scene goes. So, for my co-host, Anwar Starwin, I'm Don DeLorente, and this has been Cast of Strong Style. Strong style.